0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Saturday episode of the OBR Film Breakdown is going to be a little different than what you've been accustomed to in the past. It's going to be me and Andrew Spade. We're going to talk about a broad variety of Cleveland Browns topics, including our biggest takeaway of the week. But also, after that, we're going to break into some looking around at football at the college level, talking big games, what's happened in the past, preview some prospects for the upcoming draft throughout the season. And then we'll also do some look aheads to the NFL Sunday coming up with implications on the Browns or just the NFL in general. New concept. Hope you guys like it. Should be fun on Saturdays. Let's go. <laughs> What's up guys welcome into the Saturday show we are going to be tweaking this thing throughout the year I think it's going to be fun to not just again we are a very Browns focused podcast but for Saturday I want to and and Andrew came up with a really good concept here that we can kind of branch out off the Browns talk about more than just them because we're going to spend all week and Sunday talking about them we can branch off have a conversation around college football what the NFL has coming up on your Sunday, things that are worth watching. And I think another angle we're going to take on Saturdays is kind of just having a collective Browns, you know, big thought, right? Uh, almost it's not hot take cause I don't want to go that route, but it's just a a bigger thought about where the team is or what's coming or whatever. So that's what you can expect from this show going forward in perpetuity throughout the entire, uh, I mean, I guess it's crazy. We're going to get like six months of football here. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you can expect uh, banter around college football if that's not interesting for you we're going to probably aim at doing that after the break so keep that in mind if you just are paying attention to the Browns and you're very singularly focused as they say locked in in these parts on just the Browns you can uh, turn it off after the break but for now we're going to focus on a bunch of different things on Saturday Andrew first of all welcome in man how are you oh thank
2: you Jake I'm doing well I have noticed more and more people uh, locking in to the Browns
1: I don't know if you've noticed that it's
2: it's catching. It's a trend. Yeah, it's a Seems trend. People,
1: I don't know of decades of people not locked in. Maybe locked in's the difference that we need mm-hmm. around the organization mm-hmm. to really yeah. uh, uplift them to another level. Of, uh, yeah. I would like a player to at some point shout out the fans were very locked in today. I think that would right? go a long way.
2: I think that would go a long way. Or a coach shouting out the players for being locked in could also work. You know, like there's different great. ways, right? But I think. I do think, uh, you know, and it's 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 ecumenical, right? It's not just the OBR broadcasts. There's other, mm-hmm. uh, other places, other social media areas. We're all kind of locking in, and uh, you know, you, you mentioned six months of football. I, I'm I'm just once the season gets started, you get used to the daily or the daily and weekly rhythm of it, right? But the the wait mm-hmm. to the first NFL Sunday. I mean, I, I, I watch college football. I like college football. But the the to me, the football season does not start until we have a Sunday with the NFL. And so the, the wait till till the 10th, the shorter it gets, the longer it gets. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I looked at it again today, and I'm like, boy, it's another, another nine days still, huh? And it, it feels simultaneously like it has gotten so much shorter. It's so close. But it does also, then when you think about it in that way, feel much further away. So...
1: That extra preseason uh, week in between has really elongated the process. I get why they do. I actually like that they do that Mm -hmm. to sort of give the guys a reset, which is a good reminder. The Browns are off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so you won't see anything. No coaches interviews, no player interviews, anything. It'll be very quiet over the weekend. It's almost like the calm before the storm, right? You're in the middle of the hurricane. That's right. Yeah, you don't uh, want to hear it it this weekend, really. That would be that would be great to not hear any news uh, accordingly. Uh, the only news we had today, Andrew, was that A.J. Green is back. So mm-hmm. I know we sort of um, jokingly had mentioned the Browns say that all the time, but it appears they were pretty serious. And they had an extra spot. I think it all added up that they wanted to bring him back. Like yeah. He seems to me like an easy elevation player. Yes, he struggled in the preseason. I think he's better fit for some different types of coverage than what they're playing here, but he can still do some baseline things. He's You got to remember, he's got experience in the slot. He's got experience outside in a pinch he can be active and i honestly wouldn't be stunned if they found a way to make him active for the Bengals game like i just wouldn't be like if you if they're still doing the, listen the practice squad rules are really weird right now <laughs> we had believed and we said this the other day on the show that you got to protect four players well they're altering that i i don't know i don't want to say officially what they're doing yeah because the nfl agree yeah it's wild now i know what they did to try to help teams the last two years With the unexpected COVID situation, they were treating COVID with, you know, still at least treating it serious last year. It seems like they're off of that. So maybe some of those things are going to be going away. Maybe the ability to elevate a player or or whatever. I'm not sure. So until we see something definitive, I will admit Andrew and I went off of it. I was not limited to one source here. I want to be serious about it. We do Google with uh, a great intention uh, is the way that I want to say it. It was a DraftKings article. seemed very serious. I Mm -hmm. thought they did a great job Mm -hmm. and they mentioned it was still a thing, but we were notified today from a very good Twitter source that there is no language in the, in the NFL's rule book right now about this. So we will put a TBD on that. And also a TBD on somebody like AJ green being eligible to be lifted to the practice squad. Right. I I think that that's uh, something we have to see, but if, if the case of Denzel missing this game, I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to make him active because he just has been around for a while. You, You got the young guy, uh, you know, Khalifa, who's, who's just, just joining the organization. I know he would be active, but, but to throw him out there on the field in week one would be, it uh, would be a lot. So I just wouldn't be surprised to see AJ active. Is kind of where I'm getting
3: at.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I think, you know, how they navigate that assuming Ward is not able to play is a, is a big question. I just wrote about that in a piece for the OBR, um, you know, in the past uh, day and, uh, I think it's, it's interesting because I think we felt like the depth was good. And then the AJ green struggles in the preseason, he started to feel like he's kind of come back to earth. Mm -hmm. Mike Ford didn't really show much as a cornerback. He mostly showed up as a special teams player. So, you know, the best cornerback that's on the active roster from the preseason, other than the top three is probably Cameron Mitchell. Who's got a little bit of a shoulder, maybe, you know, is, I think he, he would be able to play, but definitely dinged a shoulder in the preseason. So you start to, I think I'm starting to just worry a little bit about their cornerback depth. And I think it's something to monitor as we go through past week one, if they do decide to add somebody with a little bit more veteran experience that maybe is more comfortable in the types of coverages that Jim Schwartz likes to play.
1: Yeah. You and I have been on the record about this, the the level of just, we would like one more guy. Maybe again, they, they feel comfortable with who they have, and they're not going to make that move. And I think indicative here of AJ being the guy that they pen to bring back from the practice squad probably tells us they are um yeah. but uh, again if we go into this Bengals game we watch it some exploitations and coverage happen mm-hmm. i really don't want to be saying i told you so after the game because you just you either had an inexperienced player there or an incapable player right and that would suck that's kind of what we'll leave it at that would suck but it is nice to see him come back because they yep you want some insurances about guys who at least have had a collective experience in this system and in this organization and i i don't think it hurts and i i, I do applaud them though for going out branching out and getting a new young player Agreed. um you know who the Chiefs had a lot of faith in. The Chiefs gave him a really nice contract in that UDFA mm-hmm. uh, scenario, so they believed in him. And um, the Browns uh, just pulled that belief and took it with them. So, and it's not like the Chiefs people I talked to, which we posted a little nugget in in um, our insider section. They they believe they liked him. The preseason yeah. what it was just felt like a really massive number situation that they couldn't quite rectify there. So. The Browns are there to take advantage of it, which is which is really good to see. Yeah. Um, well, and the
2: Chiefs scouting, you know, over the past few years has been really solid in that area. Jalen Watson, right, is a cornerback for them, yeah. who was a seventh round pick last year and and yeah. played a lot last season. And and there are other examples of of guys that have kind of come out of relative obscurity into playing very like productive roles for, for that organization. So in a in a certain sense, also you're kind of hoping to maybe steal a little bit of their thunder here. So um yeah, I I think the, the, you know, if, if it is the situation that it's Martin Emerson or MJ Emerson and, and Greg Newsom on, you know, on the outside, or maybe they leave Newsom in the slot and want to fill the other outside corner. I just think it's interesting that third, that third corner, whoever it is, however they decide to, to break that up is going to get a lot of attention. Right. I mean, I think, and the other option mm-hmm. is that they really do move to a lot of three safety looks, um, and, and try yeah. and cover Tyler Boyd mostly with Grant Delpit or, uh, Rodney McLeod. But, um, However, they do it. The Bengals are going to be aware that if Ward can't go, whoever, whatever that fill-in is, that's the weak spot in the defense.
1: And they'll put Jamar Chase inside. They'll move him in yep. the slot, and 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 they'll try to exploit it. I think the thing that you want to do is, you know, try to leave your defense away from having an exploitable piece of it. But if you do move a safety into the down role, there playing playing corner in that scenario, uh, you know, it's it's putting your better defenders on the field. But it is also telling them you're you're going to be playing a lot of zone like there's obviously a way that you can bracket i guess it comes down to if you trust martin emerson with t higgins or or whatever like if you can say okay we'll inside out bracket um jamar here try to do the best we can and man to man go that route but but you're telling them we're gonna probably be playing a lot of zone because we don't have a guy in the slot here who can man up so um stepping a corner stepping up this year to become something of relevance whether that's cam mitchell whether that's mike ford whether that's Khalif uh, Halasi, got that wrong. Um, if, if it's one of those or even whoever's elevated, like that would be great. Uh, it, it, it's in four corners in the NFL, like having the, the Browns have a lot of really good talent here. You look around the league and you're like, okay, pretty, pretty rich here compared to some others, but For sure. you're always talking about the Bengals. You're, you're talking about just such a deadly passing attack that you would like to be at full strength against those guys. Yeah. As Do many times you can.
2: Question on this whole thing. We haven't really talked about this at all. Do you have any problem with them playing ward against the chiefs
1: no i don't i didn't have any problem with it. i think you got to get them ready it's a new right. system new scheme they're moving a lot of people around and like I, I i know some people had that take but then if he didn't play and he wasn't ready week one and they have miscommunications you'd see the same people saying well maybe they should have played a little bit right. more in the preseason like it's a catch-all i think that i i think you and i've talked about this and it's a mike tomlin thing don't live in your fears i i really don't like to be afraid to do you know make a decision Yeah and go with it right. right if you think denzel needs to play continued like the group needed to get out there together bark through the signals and calls and secondary checks and get to get then play it. that's fine i mean like that hit was just really weird yeah. and and again i i don't know we have no update then this is something they'll always keep quiet we have no update on wh- what it'll look like but i just remain a little optimistic that it wasn't some severe concussion because right. he didn't leave right away so i do think there's an outside chance we hear early in the week or midweek that he can go and yeah i'm not of the belief of like don't play your guys like, like i cringe a little bit i think all of us do and you probably should be cringing at camp practices too because they're going even harder right at some of these camp practices so i don't i don't live that way with those games and stuff man that's just not my thought where are you on it
2: yeah i'm no i'm fine with it i i i think the the only guys that i think you really don't feel like you need to see are the guys that truly are sort of in a at at a different level and you know for the browns that's really nick chubb miles garrett and joel batonio to me those are sort of the three guys and i i honestly i was surprised they put cooper out there that's the maybe the fourth guy that i would put in that just because they're such professionals they have proven it season in and season out now the thing about denzel ward is he should be in that group but he continues to have this inconsistency which probably makes jim schwartz kevin stefanski all those guys kind of look at it and say, well, it would be nice to see him out there for a series or two just to kind of see that chemistry because, you know, you, you made the point of if he doesn't play and then they blow a coverage week one, well, that was the story of 2022 was, was, yep. you know, we would watch these games and in the, in the, in the moment, in the game, you're trying to figure out who, whose guy was that? Cause people's arms are up, you know, and people <laughs> yeah. are pointing so. and you have one theory in the game and then you come back and, you know, your good buddy, John Stephenson, will, will tell us, actually, it looks like it was this super exotic coverage and it was supposed to be this. And, you know, the blame kind of gets passed around a little bit through the week. And then you just, you you come into the next Sunday hoping it doesn't happen again. Well, that sort of stuff can't, you know, if you're going to be a playoff team, if you're going to make a run, it's that, I mean, it's not that it can't happen ever, but it can't happen as often as it did last year. And that's probably more than anything, the reason why Denzel Ward was out there last weekend.
1: I agree. I couldn't agree more. Well said. Especially... Uh, he didn't. and he, Again, he didn't play that well last year. Right. I don't think he's in that. I mean, they paid him accordingly, right. but I just think they want to. uh You know, and really, in those games, corners are so rarely hit. Like, mm-hmm. it's just such a weird play. It's so unfortunate, and I hope I hope it comes back quicker than than uh, his his past ones have left him in a, a different spot. But I, I remember I have not seen him play past a concussion before. I know. I very vividly remember the two as a rookie because they were very much head involved in a hit. And this one didn't seem like his head was in it, but the shoulder was in it and it was kind of weird. Yeah. So I, and maybe some whiplash effect there happened. But I know that obviously the 2022 concussion was was gnarly and he left right away. So, again, me being hopeful with the with a the conjecture there. But but I, I again, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm good. I'm good on second guessing guys playing in the preseason. Uh, in in general, I think your guys getting a little live action stadium barking and in the uniform, it never hurts, man. It never yeah. hurts, and you know guys could get hurt walking up the stairs, right? right? For 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 all we know. So yeah. I don't I don't like to live that way, and I I know you and I align on that pretty well. So um, I want to shift to the bigger Browns take now. Um, I have one that I just want to get off kind of my chest before the preseason starts, and that's people projecting the Browns. I have no issue with people thinking the Browns are going to be bad. I, I think that there are several. Very plausible routes to saying the Browns are going to be a six-seven win team that involve the football team and even the coaching, right? Very much aligned with that. The thing I cannot get with and continue to see is, and I'm not calling it standing on a pedestal or something like I'm not, I'm not calling it like what is it? What is that called? Like high horse? Snowboxing or something. Yeah, I don't soap, know. Yeah, soapbox, yeah. yeah, like I'm not you can have the opinion about the Browns. You can hate them. I don't really care if you hate them because of Deshaun Watson, the decision they made. I, they, whatever, that's fine. That's your life. That's your that's your angle. Go ahead. Um, but saying they're going to be bad because Watson will never be as good again, or that Watson, um, the offense will never morph. For, I, I guess there's a there's a bunch of different weird things like because there's like a cloud over the franchise, or there's too much pressure on the coaching staff. There's a negative stigma, like yeah. those little weird reasons for saying they're going to be bad. I just can't get with that. I'm kind of point blank tired of hearing them. I I think that, again, you can have an opinion that the Browns are going to be bad and you can justify it in many, many ways. I just think that the saying that like this aura over the franchise or that Deshaun is never going to be quite as good as he used to be and not saying he gets back to the best of the best here, but like. I think that that is so short-sighted and so weighed down by your opinion of what he did, which again I understand. But if you are a professional doing this, you have to remove that stuff. And I have to tell you, you're going to deal. This is 10 years coming of this quarterback being in the NFL, and like if that is going to over, like always cloud how you think of him from just a performance player on the field thing, I think we're just going to see some really wonky opinions, man. Some really weird opinions, and like. I just can't get with that. And I don't take that analysis seriously. And I don't think their listeners should take that analysis seriously. And even though it's fine, if you feel the way you feel about Deshaun Sean Watts and the person, I don't care about that. But if that is seeping into your projection around the Browns, I think that's a really, really weird way to go about pr- producing um, information for your audience that is going to work. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I think that's a great point. And I think, you know, big picture for me
2: i I try and consume a fair amount of national stuff as a as a sort of an antidote really to like being too focused on the browns right because i Mm -hmm. think you you can get into that mindset of you know if you only hear local stuff then it tends to eventually change your perspective on what the browns are doing you can either depending on your your you know uh priors or your I guess your disposition, you can either be too negative or too positive, but either way, because you're not as uh, trying to get as broad of a perspective, you can, you can end up being a little bit. So my point is, is that I've seen a lot I've I've consumed a fair number of season previews for, for the Browns, but also across the NFL. And I would say that the, the, the Watson stuff comes in sort of three flavors. One flavor is, not engaging anymore at all with what he did and just talking about him missing significant time and that being a factor for the question mark, right? And then there's this, the sort of middle ground is engaging with what he did, saying it's really hard to talk about, but still talking about him as a player, somewhat objectively trying to understand the path forward for him, again, solely as a player. And then the third the third one is the one you're talking about where the experience of what it was like You know, living living through him, sort of, you know, becoming a pariah, has forever changed the perspective of some people in the national media towards him as a player, and and I would go beyond changing their perspective. These people these people are rooting against him as
1: a player. It's it's clear to me, right? And which is totally fine. But if you're letting that feeling creep into analysis, I think that's where it's getting really weird. It's getting yeah, weird.
2: Right. Because I, what I have heard some is a belief, a, a, a supposition that that there's some level of karma, right? Or what goes exactly. around comes around in the NFL and that the Browns will be bad and Watson will struggle specifically because they traded for him in the state that he was in and because of what he did that that has been some of the through line is that they they will struggle and they deserve to struggle because of that and that mm-hmm. is really moving into a level of like sort of superstition and um you know i guess moralistic or sort of you know yeah moralistic thinking that is so strange to me in, in in the course of uh, like I don't want to ever equivocate what Watson did with what other players have done there's there's a whole range of of weird and bad dudes in the NFL so I don't want to get into the whole thing of like who, who did what and who did this. My point is just that it seems like a it, it it seems strange to have that belief for how the NFL should work for one player and then a a very rational fax-based approach for how the nfl works for the other 2000 players in the league
1: i can tell you having watched pittsburgh run through ben roethlisberger's career that there is no element of karma sitting out there sure it's not there just i mean, yeah. it's just, right. I, mean right. I don't it's like i it is um you summed it up well i don't think we need to waste any more oxygen on it i, I think just just a, that's one part of the off season that i cannot wait to be done with now that element could trickle into the season of like you said the the people who are ready to pounce on him if he struggles will, oh, will sure. certainly be firing off the tweets 230 million for what right you know that yep. that's what they'll do but uh yeah i think that part of it's done it's I, I i didn't mean to to take away if you had a bigger thought too or maybe we just overlap there uh, no at, i mean i I, a little I, bit. I have something i want to get to but i think this is
2: important because i think that it's important for people to understand that this is not something in my mind that is going to go away. I mean, you, you talked about him having another 10 years in the league, 10 years plus. I think that there are people that are committed enough to this idea of him being the one true irredeemable player in the NFL, that this will never go away. And here, here's the thing here. Like we can get into the weeds for a week and a half about how you equivocate, what other people have done and how you compare. And I, I, the, the weight of accusations against Deshaun Watson is really heavy for a lot of people, and I understand that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Here's my question. What is the desired outcome? That's what nobody is articulating for me. What do you want? Do you want this player to be banned from the NFL for life? If that's what you want, you need to say that. But we can't have it in this situation where he comes back and you're still like just holding a grudge against that player indefinitely. If you want him to be suspended, if you want him to be banned from the game, then you should just you should take your podcast and say the NFL should suspend or banish Deshaun Watson indefinitely forever. He should never play in the NFL again. And you should defend why you think that that player deserves that. And that would be perfectly fine. I would support your right to have that opinion. But I think that the, we're living in this weird nether region where nobody is saying that but everybody is treating it as if this guy has not served a punishment for what he did commensurate with other acts of discipline. And, and, you know, and so what, what it looks like to me is a situation that just continues to be unresolved. And it, to your point, original point, materially impacts the way that certain people analyze the Cleveland Browns as a football team, which to me is just not a tenable place to be.
1: It's not at all. And and you, like you said, They won't say this either because there's a level of, I'm doing air quotes, professionalism you're trying to keep, but you can see right through that. They're they're rooting for them to fail. They want him to fail and they want it to be miserable failure because that's the only thing they can get out of it anymore. So. That topics, uh, hopefully, like I said, we're going to bury it on this pod and we're going to we're going to bury it and move on. Uh, Hopefully the NFL can get to a point. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not going anywhere. I would I would I I would I would like it to, uh, you know, uh, I I guess what I'm saying, the season's starting. At least you get away from predicting so we can Mm -hmm. at least get away from that. Yeah. Watson is a, um, you know, he's a. I, it's going to be around for a while, so, so like, deal with that. Uh,
2: the last thing I want to say on this is this is the part of the Watson experience that I did not anticipate. Yeah. Uh, I did not anticipate it never stopping. But it's clear to me now that it won't. And that, yeah. as a as somebody a number, that, that made the decision of, from uh, the beginning to continue yeah. covering and supporting the team, that is really disheartening.
1: Yep. We'll see where it's at in a couple of years from now. we we'll could keep yeah. cross comparing. I will say, you know and this is natural because from where it was when we were sitting in these chairs last year, it's completely different. It's not as bad. It's not for sure. um, For sure. but, but, but again, how far down the line do you get where it's just, again I hate to use Ben Roethlisberger again but it just kind of got brushed away after a sure. while some people would bring it up but it just got brushed away so and I think okay you're um, in the NFL media it was yeah, it yeah, was well more, it just there more. wasn't yeah there wasn't social all that exactly. that's social what it is. lingers everything every, that, that, that there was no and I say that like in two this is <laughs> different out in the weeds like you said like 2012 13 area like the in the 10 like the internet just changed yep. it just changed and like it is um Everything changed. And that's usually around when all the social media stuff was created and, you know, all of that. So yeah, it's just a different time period. And um, if you're a human being, it's
2: better for you to have made your mistakes before 2010. That's it's as simple as
1: that. All right, let's uh, do yours real quick. Uh,
2: So this is, this is, and I, I, we (laughs) rightfully, occasionally will get a little bit of flack online for being too negative. I just want to make this observation. The Browns uh, cut down their roster this week, down to 53 as far as I know, three players from that roster are on other teams' practice squads, and no players from the Browns roster, you know, made it on other teams' active rosters. I believe that's correct. Demetric mm-hmm. Felton got claimed by the Bengals. Tommy Togi is in Jacksonville, and Cade York is in Tennessee. And then, and the Browns kept thirteen of their own players from training camp on the
1: practice squad. Okay, so baked in there is there some? Are we sure these guys are any good?
2: I'm, I'm all I'm doing is just laying out the facts, right? Because you are. You I, are. I, and I really don't. I, I, do not want to make it into a thing, right? Because I don't think this is a really surefire way to evaluate the strength of a team. the The, the surefire way is happening next Sunday. They're going to play the Bengals, and we're going to know. So we'll wait for that. But I'm just making the point that one of the things that happens during the offseason is that you you fall in love with your team's roster. It happens to every team every year. And I think it can be very hard to try and maintain a level of objectivity about the talent level compared to the rest of the league. But yeah. I do think that cutdowns can be one small indicator for how to measure your team against other teams. and. The fact that a player like Austin Watkins didn't get claimed, I think, you know, you can talk about that. I think there there are other players in that. Michael Dunn ending back up on the on the Browns practice squad. These are players mm-hmm. that we think are good, but we're not 100% sure. I, I just think it's worth keeping that in mind when you see people say, you know, I mean, we're talking about projections again, right? When you see people say the Browns are going to go 9-8, and eight. There's the world where it is about Watson and you know what he can't do as a quarterback anymore or believing that he deserves to fail, those sorts of things. There's also the world in which people are looking at this roster and saying, I don't like it compared to Miami, Buffalo, the Jets, the Bengals. I mean, you can keep going. There's eight teams that you can compare them against and say, I would rather have X roster. So I I just want to bring that up. Again, I am not saying that that makes them a bad team. And I I have high expectations for what this team will do this year. But I do think it's one way to check in with the rest of the league about where your talent's at.
1: I I think it's a fair, a very fair assessment. And people who do that on podcasts and make the arguments of what parts of the roster they don't like and why it will fail based off that, yo, great. Totally fine. Totally fine. Uh, I will say looking at this, because I didn't really deep dive into who was claimed, so many of these guys are UDFAs or draft picks that we're given up on. Mm-hmm. And that is that is kind of interesting to me, like Starling Thomas, UDFA or, or a late round pick getting picked up. Kavon Wallace, like Khalif, obviously, a UDFA, Nick Broker from Mississippi, Isaiah Land, yep. Florida yep. a and and just going through like Darius Rush was drafted, Caillou Blue Kelly was just drafted. A lot of these are just young swings on come to our organization and maybe we'll fix you. So like if the Browns let go of Mahmoud Diabate, for example, yes. Or Ronnie Hickman, yes. I do think those guys would have been claimed. I agree. And I'm not trying to take away I'm just trying to present a little counter to what you're saying there because the waiver claim stuff is very weird. Like it is. Yeah. It is really weird. I'm pretty. But again, I'm surprised Michael Dunn didn't get signed somewhere. Or maybe he had the opportunity. I think a thing that we forget about is that when guys go from play like you, Michael Dunn, thought he was going to be on this roster. Right. Banked on it. Mm -hmm. And then you have to move your whole family. The Browns are saying, like, say the Colts are interested in signing me to the active roster. I'm interested in that. But, you know, I'm talking to to Callahan and I'm talking to the the offensive staff and they say, Hey, come back to the practice squad and we are going to activate you. We're going to get you on the roster some way, shape or form. He's like, okay, I can stay here. We already live in this house. We've been here for, I just think that there are those little factors about this stuff that we don't. And I'm, I'm guilty of it. Don't always think about, because what I think is easiest is for some of these practice squad guys who are in demand to just up and move like a Demetric Felton is a single guy just living in an apartment can move. But like, if there's like I could stay with the Browns or I already am or I could go to to Green Bay. Right. I think there's sometimes might be some of those decisions that are made around like you know, we have to consider more than just football right. here, I guess right. is what I'm saying. Right. Well, could, I don't know. No, I think you're absolutely right, because I think I think the Browns are telling
2: Michael Dunn that if Joel Batonio or Wyatt Teller get hurt, he's starting.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean,
2: I, And I think that's I think that's the truth. I don't think they're lying. I think that's what would happen if one of those guys went down. Uh, so, so there's a clear path to him. He is still the third guard on this roster, even though he's on the practice squad. And I think, I think you make a great point. I mean, it's worth zooming out also and saying that, like, I think it was like 2% of all cuts were waiver claims, right? Because all of these cuts happen simultaneously. And then there were what 40, 30 or 40 waiver claims. So not a lot of players league wide are moving during that period. But I, Which you know, was the,
1: so surprising to me.
2: I agree. I agree. I think the 49ers had three players claimed. The Dolphins had three players claimed. And, and I again, I am not, by any stretch of the imagination, suggesting that this is the best way to measure the Browns' roster strength. I just think it's worth doing a sort of check-in after this period of time because, again, we went through the preseason and there was a lot of talk about this guy gets cut, he's making another team. This guy gets cut, he's making another team. You would have said that about... Not you. We would have said that about Michael Dunn, Austin Watkins. I, I, there might be another guy that I'm not thinking of. You know, I think even A.J. Green today is a little bit of a surprise, yeah. right, that he was able to get yeah. back. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the roster now. Tristan Hill is one that you thought might might have interest elsewhere, Isaiah Thomas. So, again, it's not definitive, but I think it's just worth checking in on. And I am not sitting here saying that the Browns are different in the way that they brought back 13 of their own players to the practice. squad, I think that's what most teams are doing because yeah. these elevations make it so that these guys are effectively on the roster, even if they're not on the roster, they are, you know, they can play anybody on the practice squad can play week one if they're elevated to play. So they, you know, it, I think the league is changing in the way that they handle roster cutdowns and how players move around. I just wanted to bring it up as one, data point for where the Browns stack up in the league.
1: I wouldn't be surprised too, if in the upcoming five, 10 year NFL projection line, that they're increasing the roster sizes just because of the sheer nature of injuries and attrition that these teams go through. So yeah, when they go to the 18th consider. game, I think
2: they have to, I think that's what the yeah. players have to demand in response mm-hmm. is the two things that I would say is, I mean, it, like we don't want to do like a bunch of labor law here, but I, I think two things are real clear. They could go to 55 very easily and getting rid of the game day inactives i think those two things yeah. would make yeah the teams happier the only the only part of that that would bother anybody would be to the owner's bottom lines but that would make the teams happier and the players happier because you'd be making more jobs and and making the guys that made that made the roster
1: more money and just make a better product in general for sure. i think for sure so yeah
2: that that um, type of rotation is necessary for the type of physicality and and the, the frequency of injuries that the, the game has changed. Right. And those are the most salient facts now is that you need depth more than ever. And you, you need to be able to respond to injuries better than ever.
1: Maybe the Browns are also telling their practice squad guys, or people they are trying to bring back. Have you ever actually seen a 90 inch OLED TV <laughs> on your wall? Have you ever? You, you haven't? Okay, let's talk about that. I don't know. Just thinking uh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe they're sweetening it up a little bit. If if Haslam
2: is throwing around cash in general, yeah. I mean, maybe he's giving out gas cards.
1: Yeah, oh, that'd be great. Everyone loves that. And a nice, lukewarm uh, hot dog from Pilot. I think there was a Pilot. There's a, a couple of Pilot spots in the uh, stadium. Yeah, what's, we what was that was thing like, called? The Big Dog? The Big Dog. Yeah, I am going like to pass on that. Hot dog that wrapped not do in well. a taco or something? Yes, which seems like something you would see at a pilot station. Yeah, so just for sure. And you'd be like, well, I kind of want to see what that tastes like, but I also don't want yeah. the sodium bomb effects. that is going to just ignite my body on fire exactly. here shortly. Yeah. So right, on that note, we're going to take a break. Word from our sponsors, as we always do, and come back and talk a little college ball. So if you're into that, stick around because uh, I think it'll be fun. So we'll be right back.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What's up, guys? It's Jake again, here to talk about what I do believe is the premium place to buy tickets. For your NFL season this year. You go into Browns games trying to find the best prices. Should you wait? Should you not? You know, week one is creeping up on us, but there are some really fun games on that home schedule. And you can get any of them using the Game Time app. That is GameTime.co if you're on the web browser, but the app is where it's at. Shouldn't be stressful to buy tickets. And man, game time's the fastest, easiest way to buy those tickets for any sporting event local, whether it's like I said, you're going to Browns games or you want to go to concerts, comedy theater, anything. They got killer last-minute deals, price guarantee, all the stuff you need so you can stop stressing over tickets, start getting hyped up for the fun you'll have. Right? Go to the game time app. I do it all the time, looking at trying to take my nephews to an Ohio State game this year. You know, the the experience of looking at not just the the best deals, the flash deals, right? Those last minute deals you can unlock, but also being able to look at the stadium map and pick out where you want to sit and get the picture from you know, where the spot in the stadium is. And then again, the lowest price guarantee, cancellation event protection, job loss protection, all of that stuff just makes it even better. It's the place to go for last minute tickets, or to be honest, even when you're planning ahead, I think it is 100% the place to go. And again, you, you have a fantastic mobile app. You can go online. You can look at those seats. They're sent directly to your phone. Those tickets are, you don't have to dig through your email, two taps, you're set. Everything you need is at game time. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code OBR, very simply OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code OBR, $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so as you noted, it's weird. The week zero stuff is goofy. I hate, I really don't like that. I just think everybody should start at a similar point or in the same, at least the same week. So... The Thursday games, we're going to hit on games that we thought first, games we've seen and games we're looking forward to. And then what we will do also is talk about some players that, as the draft board kind of shapes up over the long haul here, we'll talk about players we're interested in watching. As we all know here, Andrew, it sucks. Again, we have no first-round pick, which you don't think three years of missing the first round is bad when you first get the player you were chasing. But then by year three, you're like – I would really like to be involved in the draft again because it just gets so it gets so old. They've traded out of the second round uh, multiple times now. So it just is uh, when that happens in 2025, which is really depressing to say out loud that, that that will be a, Nice time to be involved in a, It's just a fun thing to be involved in. So, like I said, we'll continue to say the Browns have. Uh, we've seen this this pr- prospect play his way out of the Browns range, or he's maybe fallen back into it, or just highlight everybody in between because this stuff takes a little while to shape up. So, I think the Thursday games, Andrew, uh that floor that might be the least talented Florida roster I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I don't know if Billy yeah. Napier is going to get fired after this year if they go four and four and eight or something but but that roster from what was left to him to what he's trying to do there not that they're super well coached is just uh it's not good man and i I think that 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 was pretty evident that's the first time i can remember in a while watching some of these neutrals with a big time sec school and being like utah's just better like they're just 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 athletically better
2: right no I, i think and so much of it revolves around that quarterback decision right i mean graham mertz you know a guy that I mean, I am a Big Ten guy. Watch, you know, I I I am that guy. There's there's a lot of these guys out there. Maybe you're this guy too, Jake. Where if you know if it's a cloudy Saturday in October, I am watching Purdue, you know, Wisconsin at eleven o'clock in the morning rather than whatever mm-hmm. SEC, you know, sixty point slugfest is happening. I don't care. I don't want to see it on my TV. I want sleet. I yeah. want missed field goals. I want. Running the ball on third and five. That's what I want out of my college football. And I, I'm i too old now to change, I think.
1: Well, you could get that UCLA Purdue, just absolute classic Big Ten matchup coming up. You know, before you know it, it's going to be here. Um, right. Yeah. So that's the Big Ten. The, the beauty of the yeah. Big Ten is like, it's, uh, and I saw someone saying Brown's alchemy had said it last night. I thought it was so funny the way he framed it with that Nebraska Minnesota game. He's like, the Big Ten's like the ultimate pressure, but no pressure, where like, you know, it's like you think he said something like you could enjoy a cigarette with a nice glass of brandy. You're relaxed. You don't have to ever concern yourself with teams going for it on fourth down. Like, yeah. it's just, uh, yeah. I don't know, the Big Ten, yeah. some of these, these these core teams in the Big Ten, it's like that. Yeah. So so yeah.
2: my point with saying that is that I've seen plenty of Graham Mertz uh, missing wide open wide receivers at Wisconsin not, over the years. Good. And yeah. so the choice of him being the stuff star- like I i don't follow college football enough to know who florida's starting quarterback is before the season starts like i learned the stuff as the games unfold Mm -hmm. so i tuned in and i was like mertz that's that can't be that cannot be who that is i did not believe that he somehow landed a transfer to like a flagship sec school uh and so for him to be playing that way while Jaden rashada is out in arizona state doing what he did like
1: yikes it is uh, it is jar- That's the the big money. Jaden Rashada named yeah. it. Florida couldn't come through on that. I believe you're right. So, um, Nebraska two and fourteen. I saw this this uh, statistic: two and fourteen in their last sixteen one score games.
0: Poor, it's poor some little fellas.
1: Un- unbelievably amazing stuff. Now you were. You were up in, are you a, I know you come from Ohio and, and all of that and, you know, yeah. but are you a committed Ohio state guy? Like, where do you fall in the, in the big 10? I'm, I'm a big 10 free agent
2: is what I would okay. say. Right. Uh, I, I was Open at, options. I was, I lived in Lansing for a little bit. So I have, I have some Michigan state affections. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I I definitely lived in Wisconsin for a while. Never really grew on me the same way, but I think it's, that was just because Barry Alvarez had his thumb on that entire program mm. for so long mm-hmm. and I didn't like the way that he ran things. So mm-hmm. that seems to be changing with the Luke Fickle era. I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Uh, but no, I, I'm 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 not opposed to Ohio State, uh, and I hate Michigan as much as anybody in the you know in the country. I mean that that really truly no desire to ever see Michigan succeed. Even I I am one of those people that I would like. I know that it's good for the conference or whatever, but I don't care. I just I do not want to see those no. people happy. So that's that's kind of my main thing is rooting against Michigan, I guess
1: maybe we'll find you a home by the end of the year doing these um <laughs> minnesota daniel jackson that post corner amazing uh to tie yeah. the game on fourth yeah. down about as beautiful as it gets sort mm-hmm. of you know off the line of scrimmage or leaning to sell getting back inside and, and this is a it was a very similar route to what we saw elijah moore yeah. run against denzel ward it is tough to cover from a bunch or sort of a tight alignment
2: mm-hmm. and it's like
1: oh, okay he's widening me out to run the post and then i jump the post and then boom his foot's in the guy and that toe drag was we're watching you put it this way holding the
2: right foot up so you can get the left foot down that is presence of mind right in that moment Mm -hmm. that's incredibly impressive stuff yeah that was what a turnaround for them to come from from you know looking completely out of it scoring a field goal through most of four quarters and then to score 10 late you know and that the play of that safety whose name is escaping me right now nickel maybe or
1: jeff sims maybe don't stare at him the entire time of your <laughs> drop back buddy okay
2: just a just a tip tyler new for you there tyler there you go. yeah two picks he's on game.
1: some radars yeah yeah he, he's, he's, he's on he's, some a, radars. he's
2: a fringe top 50 guy for sure right now and i think this will only help instinctive playmaking ability yeah awesome really good game and and 13 to 10 fine i don't care i love it beautiful
1: left footy kicker too that thing was aesthetically pleasing right down the middle mm-hmm. to win that one mm-hmm. um I will say, um, and maybe if you don't know many quarterbacks around, uh, NC state led by a young man named Brennan Armstrong. I did okay? see a little bit is of that, that name yep. familiar with you. You know
2: who he is? He transferred in conference, right? Wasn't he somewhere else? He was at like Virginia where yeah. he was really
1: good. Two years ago, struggled last year. Do you know where Brennan Armstrong went to high school? I do not. He is a pride of the Shelby whippets. Hey, you who are central to Northern. It's actually, I call that more where's like the Mansfield it, what do you call that north that central like ohio north, for sure. north, central north central ohio, ohio? then it used it. to be the because it used to be the north central ncc the north central conference yep, which right. included a lot of those in, yeah 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 uh, i had no yeah, idea that's go. that's fun yeah you'll you'll, fun. you'll watch a little closer now he's a, a very athletic dude doesn't yeah. throw it all i saw too a few up, of those highlights but, against uconn last night he played well he can move okay looking forward uh friday night here uh well these games have already been accomplished i'm really interested in one of them there's some you know like michigan state kicks off with central michigan and um, Georgia Tech and Louisville is the yeah it is uh, Georgia Tech Louisville is a prime time um, a prime time game without either team being ranked just two notable programs but the Miami Miami Ohio match of the battle of the Miamis mm-hmm. very cheap tickets as uh, Miami continues to struggle for attendance five dollars you can get into Hard Rock Stadium to watch this and um, a thing that I found relatively interesting is uh, the Miami Ohio quarterback which is I think one of the Gabbert's uh, I think oh. is one of the, of the ones that are there. Okay. Um, it said something about, asked the question about how they feel about going to Miami and playing. It is Brett Gabbert. Okay. Of of the Missouri Gabbert's? Uh, I believe. I believe oh, so. My um, heavens. The, he looks like him as I'm looking at him here. The question was, the real Miami is where? And his response was, Oxford, Ohio. We'll show them September 1st. So that game has my attention. If yeah, Miami, he looks a lot like grumpy. his brother or whoever sure does, that is. doesn't he? He also yeah. kind of looks like Blake Bortles. A little bit. I think all those guys start to mesh together. Right? <laughs> I think all of those really underperforming quarterbacks yeah. start to mesh together. All right. Well, that'll definitely,
2: guy. yeah, an upset in, in uh, whatever that's called down
1: there, the uh, in, in Miami. In Miami, the battle of the Miamis. Mm-hmm. Saturday is the full slate. Eastern uh, Carolina goes to Michigan. Michigan apparently wanted to do some little slap on the wrist stuff. So uh they're not having their OC or or Jim Harbaugh involved. Yeah. So favored by thirty-six. Um, yeah, they'll be fine. Virginia at Tennessee, relative interest. Colorado at, T- at TCU, the the debut of Deion Sanders. That's probably that with the that.
2: early game that most people will want to watch, right?
1: I would agree. I would there's some fringe fun like Fresno State Purdue, like some of those uh yep. schools that have traditionally fought pretty well. I think that one's interesting. I mean, Ohio State goes to Indiana and you're obviously watching Marvin and a oh. booker, the I mean, all the, there's yeah. a, a lot of talent there, but the quarterback thing stands out, right? Kyle McCord is your starter, uh, beats out Devin Brown.
2: Yeah. Um, From what I, I understand, a lot one. of dissatisfied customers on that one, right?
1: The good thing is, and I've heard this, you can actually, uh, if he's underperforming, pull a guy out. Oh, is that right? And then put a different guy. I heard, you know, although Devin Brown's wearing number 33, I have a hard time, <laughs> hard time with that. I never got past Devin Gardner wearing 97 for that yeah. stretch to honor yeah. Legends of Michigan.
2: You're also allowed to just rotate them without them underperforming. I heard right? that. Okay, I heard that. I'm That's just the checking thing. about we'll college see. rules. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a, yeah. it's out there. We, you know, we, we don't want to confirm anything. We Google here because we've had <laughs> mistakes recently. Um, and that Miami.
2: Go ahead. That game is is that the debut of the Big Ten on CBS, which is one of the weirdest things to happen in recent memory.
1: That is very true. It is very weird, and I that yeah, it is on CBS. That's going to be so right strange,
2: there. right? To not. Yeah. I mean to me, if I'm watching CBS at three thirty on a Saturday, it's Vern Lundquist and you know
1: Yeah, they're in Knoxville,
2: yeah. they're in Athens, they're in Tuscaloosa, yeah. and it's like guaranteed. So when I when I looked I'm looking at the schedule and I see three thirty on CBS, I'm like that cannot be
1: right. Our state Indiana. Yeah, it's like the NBC losing NBA all those years right. ago. It's just so right. weird not hearing yeah. the theme song
2: it's gonna be a shift
1: boise boise state washington i'm watching this young man wide receiver named rome odunese i think i'm saying that correctly he is in a range of the browns and i am very very interested yeah uh he's a fun and they had the uh former indiana quarterback uh is the starter who michael Penix, who was pretty dang good and is on like some quarterback radars Mm -hmm. uh, as well yeah and they're
2: a top 10 program for once washington
1: yeah, yep, yep, yep. They're going to be very competitive in whatever that. I think they're still the Pac-12 for one more year, right? Or am yeah. I wrong? one yeah, more year. One more yeah, year please. is it? Sort
2: of spits fumes and black clouds of smoke.
1: Yeah, it is. It is sputter, sputtering yeah. out hard. Um, I think I'm kind of scrolling through the the game that there's two games that I'm drawn to. You you reference one in our write up that's available for you guys here on Saturday. Andrew and I are doing a, a future Browns. Uh, article combined that we're just going to comment on some of the college games of the yeah, week and just have some and look at prospects and stuff. Have fun. Yeah. Like West Virginia at Penn state, NBC mm-hmm. primetime game, drew Alar, the Ohio kid, the Medina kid getting his first start. They are loving him, hyping him up. I believe in him. I'm a lunatic who does some campus to Canton stuff where you draft college and NFL teams and you graduate them up uh, at the end of it. And he's a guy that I pinpointed who I think is going to be a ton of fun. So I'm really excited to watch him. And I think for the big 10 Penn state, just getting back to not, relative they've just been kind of hanging there and having like a 10 win really being a competitor would be so good yeah for the conference and they're excited about if he's if he's a dude uh, and they pair with those running backs man they have a they have something there they've got the the best offensive tackle in the country uh, is there Mm -hmm. so Penn State is a serious one down in your neck of the woods North Carolina South Carolina yeah that is going to be a fun one and you made a good point about Drake May like with the actual weight of X, it's different when you're a yeah. low buzz starter taking over for Sam. Howe. now you got some pressure, man, you got yeah. some real pressure. That one on uh, ABC seven thirty. there's the kid. Um, I'm looking up his name. Cause I remember watching him last year for South Carolina. Antoine Wells yes, is a uh, transfer yes. in a King came from like James Madison is a fun wide receiver in some top fifties in the, uh, that we're seeing there. So uh, eyes will be on him a little bit. So yeah, any comment on that? What's your prediction? Are you leaning or where are you going with your leading? You go down to North Carolina, you're d- yeah. down near South and down near Clemson, yeah. but you're in North Carolina. Are you, mm-hmm. fo- where's your affiliation going? And you've been another free <laughs> agent, are free agent, even down there.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, Clemson is definitely interesting. And I think geographically the closest major college to where I am, you know, because I'm in Western North Carolina. So Clemson is just over the border in upstate South Carolina. So uh, that probably from a from a proximity standpoint, but it's so funny down here because you 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 see there there is a, like an official North Carolina license plate, like a state license plate with an Alabama mm-hmm. sticker on it. You know, fascinating. Yeah, so it's you know the 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 allegiances down here are not as geographical as I think they sometimes are for the Big Ten area, right? Where it's like it's a little slipperier, and I think you know there's there's a fair number of Tennessee fans here because we're just over the. Over the mountains from Knoxville, you know, and then you certainly have some, some North Carolina, North Carolina State people that have moved out from from the Triangle. So, yeah, I I, th- I think you know it's it's I my feeling being in the South is it's always just fun to be a a, a you know a an observer, you know, just kind of take it all in. Uh, I would mm-hmm. like to get to a few games this year. I'm going to try and do that. Uh, I understand the atmosphere at Appalachian State is quite good up in Boone, Ooh. which is not too Ooh, far yeah. away. Uh, so that's on the list. And then I, I think getting down to Clemson would be worthwhile. And then the other one that I really would like to see is uh, Virginia Tech. I'm, I've always always enjoyed what they do with, uh, you know, Enter Sandman and stuff like that. So maybe, maybe one of the things we can do with this uh, is make it a little bit of a, you know, on the road feature down the road.
1: I think that Virginia Tech has... Uh... Should always be the opener for entirety of college. Like like that That entrance, man, yeah. is yeah. unparalleled. So yeah. gets you excited. Uh, other little weird – it does. Other little weird games. T- Toledo out of Illinois. Toledo, Frisky. That's fun. Yeah. Great quarterback. Uh, I think his last name is Fenny. He came into Ohio State, played really well. I'm surprised he didn't transfer. I can't believe Texas Tech's going to Wyoming. That is a really tricky place to play. Uh, I'm going to Wyoming next week. And, yeah, altitude. Um, just – altitude is is up there it's even above utah it's it's one of the toughest spots to to play mm-hmm. there um uh, uh sunday and monday that's where some interesting matchups lie actually all of them uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll reference northwestern and ruckers just northwestern coming off of yeah what's that the even weirdest be like? look yeah i don't even know what are they gonna, how do they rally what does that all look like oregon state who has a really fun Uh, program right now had a great Mm -hmm. year last year they go to San Jose State who just gave USC all they could handle and has a fun offense that one will be interesting I'm surprised Oregon State is willing to go to that one um, to go to San Jose State, and then the big one of the night is LSU and Florida State, and I, I just cannot find myself to ever pull for Brian Kelly. I just yeah, it's not in me uh, yep. as a person to yep. pull for him. So, which is a
2: shame because I, I always kind of liked LSU. Like I like the culture around too. that program, the tailgating, yeah. the, the the they were just a team you could Valley. like.
1: It could be fun. Yeah. Like they were yeah. just fun. Plus mm-hmm. Joe Burrow goes there and all sure. that stuff. There's that connection. Yeah. And they've like-
2: always, they've always, they always have dudes, you know, I mean, it's yeah. just part of being yeah. in, in, in that part of the country, you're always going to have a bunch of dudes, but yeah, Brian Kelly absolutely has ruined any, any like fond affection that we have for that program. But luckily he's probably going to get run out of town pretty quick.
1: I sure hope so. Yeah. The, the Starting this year off with Florida State getting a win after yeah. the way last year's wild <laughs> finish happened. Uh, it'd be, and I think Florida State's just, just better. I, th- yeah. I think I, we'll see Florida State. And I mean, no, I'll give Norvell credit. He's really mm-hmm. uh, what a program that was really lost. He has mastered the transfer portal and really brought in some serious talent that's bought into him. If you see recruiting lately, a lot of these young men are like all oh, about Norvell. He's turning some names and uh, that, that people didn't think would go to Florida State, especially this upcoming class like, a lot of respect. So uh, we will be drawn to that. And that's an ABC Monday, Sunday night game. Yeah, And then Monday you get Clemson at Duke, another Carolinas game. That's going to be fun because, you know, Duke's got Riley Leonard, mm-hmm. who is a um, top 50 quarterback prospect who's done some fun things. He had a, he had a really good year last year. And then I want to yeah. make sure I reference this kid. Uh, Graham Barton is a tackle for Duke who's like a top 20 some people see him as a top 10 guy and then we know Clemson taking over Cade Clubnick and all the talent that they have there Will Shipley and some of those guys so it should be fun to watch that one is a, a fun little not as as overly competitive as an LSE Florida State but a fun Monday night That's a, kickoff it's a, for the ACC
2: yeah, great showcase opportunity for those Duke players because if you do it against Clemson on, in a, with a national audience then that that tends to make the NFL type sit up and take notice right
1: yeah, I I think it'll be a heavily attended uh, game because yeah. there's like a lot of Clemson guys, and there's this line. Who's the linebacker there? That it's obviously Trent Simpson's gone, but they had another linebacker. I'm trying to find his name, Jeremiah Trotter, because the you know the Browns are second round guys that like a, if you really like a linebacker in that late second range, that's another junior. That JOK, yeah, if like JOK, yeah, exactly, the son of uh Jeremiah, right? So, yeah. um. If he, you know, if the Browns don't get what they want out of JOK right. or their phone, that's a spot that they can look to draft. It kind of meshes pretty well. That's why a lot of us were like Jack Campbell and some others that we were drawn to who knew Jack Campbell was going to be picked inside like the top 25 picks. So, uh, you know, drafts weird, hard to predict, but we are going to try to do this show, giving you more prospect as we go. Just comment on the games that we see, maybe early in the weekend. But then after this, traditionally, we will go to look forward to the NFL. Now, with this weekend off, we will not be doing that. But we will uh, be looking at, you know, like next week on Saturday show, we'll look at the games in week one that are fascinating to us, right? So we'll expand this. So should be fun overall. Andrew, I'm going to wrap this thing up. I think it's been a lot of fun to start, a lot of good college ball discussions that, again, will keep expanding over time and, and make it even more fun. So thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time, brother.
2: Yeah, looking forward to a great weekend of football and the last non-browns weekend for hopefully about 6 months like you said.
1: Well, the, the last non-football, I mean, we've had no NFL for what it goes in the mid-February, something like that the Super Bowl is these days, so to get the the NFL back in real NFL back in our lives will be a lot of fun. So uh, we're looking forward to it. This year, Saturday pod. We'll see. Maybe I'll throw something out there on Sunday. I don't know yet, but we'll we'll get some pods for you next week too. In the lead up, the usual structure. It won't be the normal structure that we do because obviously there's like game reviews and stuff. But we'll try to get you into what the routine will look like. It'll be a lot of fun. So thanks for stopping by. OBR website. Still stuff going on to join as a VIP subscriber. We would love for you to do that. Join the best Browns community online. Rate and review the pod. You know, I appreciate when you guys do that. You've been doing it a lot lately. Helps people find this podcast and formulates a really good community around this one as well. And we might have some potentially fun things in the future about helping that community grow too. So keep your eye out for that. Uh, for Andrew, for me, thanks for stopping by. Have a great Saturday. Hopefully a relaxing weekend for you before the NFL kicks off and, and all of that stuff. So uh, take advantage of that. Spend some time with the family. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Thanks for stopping by and go Browns.